begin this portion. I'm going to be going from 1 Corinthians 14. And before I get there, I want to look at Acts. Acts chapter 10. Now, this is whenever the Gentiles first are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, you recall Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost was fully come. And they were there in one mind and in one accord, and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Now, recall what Jesus told them. He said, don't go out. Don't go and preach the gospel. Don't take any more steps until you receive this power from on high. These people had walked with Jesus for all this time. They saw him doing this. They had a better education in the gospel of Jesus Christ than any of you have ever had, than, any of, than I've ever seen. But yet he told them, you need this empowerment first. They're in there, and then whenever the Holy Spirit falls upon them, the tongues of fire on their head, they come out speaking in tongues, praying in other tongues. And, and one big part that I've seen where people who, are, who either don't understand it or they're intentionally trying to deceive you, they'll say, well, no, no, what they did was they were praying in a known language to the people, and then every time you've ever heard somebody saying that, they don't pray in tongues. Run back through your, your Rolodex. Blip, 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 blip. Everybody you've ever heard say that does not pray in other tongues. It, can I get an amen? Have you known somebody that believes? No, all of them, they don't. Because what he actually says in Acts chapter 2 is, they were praying in an unknown tongue, and the people heard them, everyone in their own language. God touched those people's ears. Yeah. Now, whenever we see... Here in Acts chapter 10, and the Holy Spirit falls on these Gentiles. And Peter's even going to say, the Holy Ghost fell on them the same way it did on us. Not they received a different Holy Ghost. Yes. But I actually want to read there now. And, and I'm going to actually use Peter's sermon too, because this sermon has to be a template for all sermons. What he does here is, I'm actually going to start it there in uh, verse 34. And Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. The, the understanding is there. This is for everyone. Yes. Going on there. But in every nation that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Verse 36. He's going to tell you what he was preaching. Verse 36, the word which God sent, un, sent, sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, and then this parenthetical portion. What does it say anytime you hear the name Jesus Christ? This is what's supposed to be in your head. That parenthetical portion, He is Lord of all. He is Lord of all. Verse 37, that word. What word? preaching Jesus Christ, that He is Lord of all. That message is the way we would say it. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began in Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Why is that even a reference in the gospel? Because recall what John the Baptist was told by God. John was told that because when you read in the Old Testament, John the Baptist was the last of the Old Testament prophets. In the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit would come upon somebody temporarily, a prophet, a priest, or a king, so that they could do the task that God had for them, and then it would abate. He would ascend. He would draw back from them. 
God told John the Baptist, there's going to be one on whom the Holy Spirit will ascend and will remain. That's the one. Well, what do we have that great picture of there whenever Jesus was baptized in water? You heard the voice of the Father echoing, this is my beloved Son. But what happened? The Holy Spirit descended upon him as like a dove. It was only after that that Jesus started walking in the miracles. After that, because Jesus came, and even though he's Emmanuel, God with us, he put himself in that human body so that he could suffer, so that he could walk out this life perfectly, but also because a man, Adam, yielded up the authority that was given of God, and a man had to come and take it back from the devil. And that's what it was, a sinless Because he was of a virgin birth. He was sinless. He was anointed of the Holy Spirit and empowered. Therefore, whenever he came in the authority, remember the first demons that he encountered, the first demon-possessed man screamed out, I know who you are. You're the Son of God. Have you came to torment me? And he said, shut up and come out. (laughs) Because what that demon and the demon actually said, I adjure you by God. It's a demon. How many, am I making this up, brother? How many of y'all read this? Do I need to go back? I only got 15 minutes. <laughs> he said, I adjure you by God. Think about what was happening there. That demon knew that he had an authority in the earth because Satan had taken the authority of Adam. But now there's one coming and he feels that and he realizes No, 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 no. Have you come to torment me before the time? And he cast him out in the authority of the Holy Ghost. He cast him out there of that man. Because even the scripture says in John, he says Jesus is speaking and he says that he has the authority to do this on earth, to make these judgments, to heal the sick. He has this authority to cast out devils because he is the son of man. And man, it's hard to wrap your head around that because what do people who don't believe in the Holy Spirit power say? He did it because he's Jesus. He did it because he's the son of God. Yes, he did it because he's Jesus, but he did it as a sinless man and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he fully expects you and me to walk in that same authority. He rose again and he gave you his name. He gave you his anointing, his spirit, and he does expect us to walk that out now. And the times in my life where I did not walk that out, I had to repent of that. No matter what the reason was, because of false teaching, I know somebody had had given me a stronghold, a mental doctrine that said, maybe not you, or maybe God will just do something. You never know. Some doubt or unbelief, some teaching of man that made the word of God of none effect in my life. And I had to turn from that, repent from that. But here in this portion, he spoke this out. and, And I want you to see what he says. Verse 38, God anointed Jesus. That's why it's important. So many times I read through that not understanding why does it matter about the anointing on Jesus. Of course God anointed Jesus. The word here for anointed is actually the same phrase that is going to be referred to whenever he says later on, and the Holy Spirit fell on them. He anointed them. 
I want to read this whole portion there. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Verse 40. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly. Verse 42. I'm moving through this quickly. Go back and read all of the verses. Verse 42. And he commanded us to preach unto people. What is he wanting to preach? What, Paul, what Peter is preaching right now. He's preaching that Jesus is Lord of all. That God anointed Jesus. And that he walked in this power over all the power of the devil. Healing all who are oppressed of the devil. That is supposed to be preached. And if I'm not including that, then I'm not preaching what the Bible calls the gospel. Even if I'm telling you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, if I'm not telling you what the expected outcome is of it, then I'm not really preaching the gospel. Amen. He commanded us to preach unto people and to testify that it is He which ordained is ordained of God to judge the quick and the dead. Verse 44, And while Peter spake these words, think about what he told them. He told them Jesus was Lord of all. He told them that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, and Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He proclaimed that this was to be shown to everyone, that Jesus was the judge of all, and while he spoke that to them, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. Please hear this word today. The Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision, these were the, the Jewish, the people who were formerly Jews, who had came to faith in Christ, who had also been baptized in the Holy Ghost, that came with Peter. They were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. And how did they know? Verse 46. They just knew because they had goosebumps. No, that's not what he says. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And when he heard that, then Peter started talking again. When Peter heard that, then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should be baptized, which had received the Holy Ghost as well as we? The new translations say the same as we have. The same as we have. Now back to where I was saying I'm going to go to in 1 Corinthians. Recall the context here. He's starting off saying in verse 12, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. I had made the statement how that I went for years not caring if people were ignorant about spiritual gifts. And I was wrong for it. Here in this portion in chapter 14, 14 where he says, follow after charity. That's agape. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. You must desire spiritual gifts. And if you are not, that, that's a call to repentance. Dear Lord, forgive me for not desiring spiritual gifts from this moment on. I desire spiritual gifts. I will earnestly covet the best gifts. So help me, God. But look at what he says now. He's going to explain what it is that we just read about these people were doing where it says the Holy Ghost fell upon them and they spoke in other tongues. Verse 2. 
He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Now I'm going to come back, I want to read that in a few different translations, but look at verse 15 of that same chapter. Whenever you read this portion, this is supposed to be your conclusion. I'm supposed to read through this. He's given instruction on praying in tongues and prophesying. And if I come to a different conclusion than the author, I'm wrong. The, the conclusion he came to was, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with understanding also. If I read this and say, oh, well, I shouldn't pray in other tongues then, then I am wrong. I want to go back and read that portion where he says, for he did speak it in an unknown tongue. In That was verse 2. 1 Corinthians 14 and 2 in the Passion says this. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands the word he says. That's why I was relating back how that in Acts chapter 2, those people weren't hearing that because I know that's what a, a lot of a people try to relegate if they don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God. They say, oh, speaking in tongues is just for maybe if you're on the mission field, God will give you that and you can speak to those people. But that's not what he's talking about here. Look at what he says. No one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He's speaking intimate mysteries in the Spirit. That same verse in the Amplified Classic. For the one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. And I know I've heard stories of different missionaries who went and that did happen, but that's not what he's talking about here. That may have been some other kind of miracle, something there. But what he's talking about here is someone receiving this ability to pray out mysteries. That's what he's talking about. You're praying in a heavenly language that you don't know, that the person beside you doesn't know, but you are praying that out. And it's not from your head because he said it's not from your understanding. You're praying this out empowered by the Holy Ghost. You are building yourself up on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost like we read in Jude. And this is why so many people are weak in their faith. They're not built up in their faith because someone has robbed them of this gift. Some false teacher has robbed them of this gift. And now, they, because, and I, I'm so thankful I heard it taught right the first time because then later on whenever I sat in front of a false teacher who was good, Oh man, he was eloquent. He knew his words. He had his doctrinal statement lined out and he slithered like a snake and he, maybe this is not and you just never know. And, and what about all these things? And I was able to put my foot on him. Yes. No, Amen. that's not of God. Amen. But how many people did not have that benefit of hearing it the truth first? They heard somebody say, well, man, I guess. But deep inside of it, if they were born again, they knew, man, there's more to this Christian life than what I'm living. I know there's something real here, but I just can't wrap my head around it. There's something real here, but I just can't see it. What is it, God? That verse 15 
where he said the conclusion is, I'm going to pray in the spirit. I'm going to pray with my understanding. I'm going to sing in the spirit. I'm going to sing with my understanding. That same verse, uh, verse 15 in the passion is rendered this way. So here's what I've concluded. Is this your conclusion? So this is what I've concluded. I will pray in the spirit, but I will also pray with my mind engaged. I will sing with rapturous praise in the spirit, but I will also sing with my mind engaged. Is that your conclusion about the Holy Spirit power? The Amplified Classic says, then what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. I will sing with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will sing intelligently with my mind. The Legacy Standard Bible says, what is the outcome then? I will pray with the Spirit. And I will pray with my mind also. I will sing with the Spirit and I will pray with my mind also. That's the place you have to come to. Amen. That's the goal you have to come to. And, and whenever I heard a false teacher try to do this, what he did was he went to this portion and tried to pick out where, where he says about how that there has to be an interpreter there. And that's really speaking about like what I'm doing now, the keynote speaker. If I'm going to stand up here, I don't get up here and just speak in tongues and then walk away. Because you gained nothing from that. If I'm the one up here speaking and now and then the Holy Spirit moved and I do utter in tongues, I need to give interpretation. Someone else needs to give interpretation or else it was fruitless. It had no value to the hearer. But what people will do is they will bring that one verse and they don't believe any of it. <laughs> they don't think any of it should be happening at all. Amen. But they're trying to use that as a seed of deception to make you have a doubt. That is how the enemy works. I recall time and time again, uh, I went to uh, a situation where a man, we were in the army and I would have Bible studies in the day room. And one time I came in to do the Bible study. And there was another guy sitting there with a Bible out. I was like, praise God, somebody's here for the Bible. He said, oh, no, I'm doing a Bible study today. I was like, well, praise God then. And we're sitting. I said, when are you staying? So I, told, I put up a flyer saying I was going to start at whatever time it was. And we were about 10 minutes early. And I'm sitting there talking with him. And in the conversation, he told me he wasn't a Christian. He didn't believe the Bible was true. But he was teaching a Bible study. Now, did I stay for the Bible study? Do it like this. No. No, I stay for the Bible study. I don't care what he says. Why do I not care what he says about the Bible? He doesn't believe it. He don't know the author. He don't know that. If he don't believe it, he don't know the author. I don't care what he says. But you can have somebody who is not baptized and empowered by the Holy Ghost, and people will still listen to them teach about the working of the Holy Ghost, and it's wrong. It's wrong. It's sinful. Because what they are doing, even if they have a sincere and honest heart, they have been given a trap. They've been given some poison because there is a reason why they're not baptized in it. They have some stronghold, not saying they're the evil, bad person. You can be born again there and then still not understand the fully workings of it. But there's a reason why. The reason why they haven't reached out in faith and received that anointing gift. They haven't received that baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's a stronghold there keeping them from doing it. And if I'm dumb enough to listen to them, they will give me their stronghold. Mm -hmm. 
That's what will happen. They'll give you their stronghold. And, I, I'm, and every time I've ever taught about this, I can feel it right now. I can feel it whenever I say certain things like tongue, spirit of God, thousands of questions pop up that I know you've heard. Somebody has told you some deceitful thing about it, such as what I talked about. about well, no, that's only for if you're using a, a foreign language, like you just got the supernatural ability to speak Spanish to these people or something. You've heard somebody's told you that. So somebody has told you that it's not for the church. It's not to be in the church. That, that if it was ever a thing, it shouldn't be in the church, brother. Somebody's told you that. Some's planted that seed of doubt and unbelief. And they did not mean to have your best heart and interest. They were not doing it because they cared about you and wanted you to walk in the passion and power of God. There's something to it. Once somebody has tasted that religious poison, they have this this anticipation to give that poison to somebody else before they die. There's a reality to that. In the same way that once you have tasted and seen that God is good, you have an overwhelming passion and desire to share him with somebody else. When somebody has received a spirit other than the Holy Spirit, they have a passion and desire too. And they want to preach it. Boldly proclaim. Amen. But I'm telling you, this understanding, this gospel, this passion and this power is for you now. It is for you now. I recall years ago, one man, and he, he didn't believe in the things of the Spirit and the baptism, and he was trying to say what I'd say. Oh, well, that's not to be in the church. And, and anyways, the, the only thing I really know about it is, and he was trying to say that uh, the verse where he said, I, I would that you all spoke in tongues, but I would prefer that you prophesy. prophesy. Now, now, think about this now. This, this is a brain teaser. Everybody you've ever heard of who taught against speaking in tongues, they don't believe in prophesying either. No. That's a fact. It comes hand in hand. Amen. It does come hand in hand. Amen. And they'll try to use those same verses. Why do you take the one part without the other part? I, I, whenever we see how real this is, and the reason why I'm going into this right now, this morning we went through the service and we thought about, about having a resolve to be led by the Spirit more. Having a resolve to be baptized in the Spirit, to be immersed in the Spirit, to be directed by the Spirit, because that is the answer. That's the answer to the problems in this city, in this town, in this state, in this nation. It is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in you. That's the answer. And for whatever reason, that there are strongholds established in areas, and this is the only thing it's against. You can talk about a lot of things in God. You can talk about the Bible. But if you start talking about people being empowered by the Holy Spirit, both the, the, the worldly unbelievers and the fake Christians, they both double team you. Why are they in one mind and one accord on this, brother? <laughs> I'm not in agreement with Satan. Why are they in agreement that this is the part I don't want you to walk in? The unbelievers, they have a goal as in they don't want you to walk in it because it puts everything they believe in in jeopardy. Wait a minute. That's the same thing the religious hypocrite saying. They don't want you to walk in it because it puts everything they believe in in jeopardy. There's, a, there's an empowerment here that we have to covet earnestly. The second conclusion that he gives at the end of chapter 14 before it goes into 15... He says, verse 39, 
chapter 14, verse 39, after he said all this, wherefore, brethren, or because of everything I just said, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak the tongue. If I teach this and then I say, but I'm going to forbid to speak in tongues. If I teach this and I say that I'm not going to pray in the spirit and sing in the spirit, then I have taught it incorrectly. Amen.